if you're going to be the conductor, you really need to have a good team. Sometimes you're going to make a good hire because you're lucky sometimes, but you can get more skilled at it. So it's really important to learn how to hire, where to hire, and then to maintain a really good professional relationship that could potentially turn into a friendship with some of the team members. Hey there, and welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and business coach for ambitious women who are boldly taking their business to the next level. And I believe that building a successful business isn't about working 24-7 just to merely meet a revenue goal. What it does take is a unique blend of dedication to purpose, courageous action, and frequently sheer will to overcome the odds that lead to meaningful impact and experiencing a life well lived. In each episode, you'll get to know the women and men who are unafraid to put it all on the line as they share the stories of success and failure that have made them incredible leaders and the magic they gift the world with. As you're listening, and I hope finding value, don't forget to share the Tribe of Leaders podcast with all of your other entrepreneurial friends and to follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hey Tribe, have you ever thought about possibly writing a book, but you weren't really sure where to get started in the writing process or whether or not self-publishing or trying to get picked up by a publisher was the right thing for you? If that's the case, then this episode is so for you because my guest, Alinka Rakowska, who is the CEO of Leaders Press, does exactly that. She helps her clients get their stories out to the world through books. And she runs a hybrid publishing company with traditional distribution through Simon Schuster, but she also helps her clients self-publish too, and that's the right option. So she actually breaks down in our episode um, some tips on how to get started writing, how to determine whether being picked up by the publisher or self-publishing is the right strategy for you and so much more. So I truly believe that you are going to love this one. Hey, Linka, I am so super excited to have you on the show today. I have often thought about writing a book and have not indulged and taken on the the incredible project that I think book writing is. So I'm really excited to hear how you help entrepreneurs, one, write, but also get published so that they can help grow their business. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amy. Super excited. Yeah, absolutely. Share with everybody a little bit about who you are and and what you do and the magic you make. I'm Alinka Rutkowska, and I'm the founder and CEO of Leaders Pratt where we help entrepreneurs turn their book ideas into bestsellers and get them into bookstores. We've uh, helped hundreds of entrepreneurs get their wisdom out in the world and 198, I want to say 200, but 198 got on the USA Today bestseller list. Wow, Um, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Very excited about that. For a long time, I was wondering what our unique selling proposition was. How can we differentiate ourselves from the competition? And now it's, uh, you know, really loud and clear. We're the only ones that do that, that do the USA Today thing and can get books into bookstores. And I'm happy to talk more about how to identify your USP and how to position your business. Okay. And when potential authors are coming to you, 
Where are they in their book process? It depends. Some of them have an idea and then we really want to understand how we can turn this into something marketable because it might already be marketable, but maybe they have an idea that really wouldn't do so well in the marketplace. And then we direct them towards creating something that actually people will buy. Um, so we really look at the end result uh, that we want to achieve before even getting started. And that's what I would recommend. There are specific exercises that I can recommend to do before starting your book. Some people come to us with a ready manuscript. And at that phase, we send that to our reviewers and we see where they are. Is this something that we can publish and we can put our name and logo on it and also pass to our distribution partners, Simon and Schuster, or is it not? And is it something that really needs a lot of work? And in that case, we would recommend doing the ghostwriting. So really depends where the author is at and what their skills are. Right, right. And you offer a hybrid model so that it could do, like the book could go regular, like publisher through Simon & Schuster, but you also offer the ability to self-publish too, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, exactly. We do both. So the difference is obviously the distribution. So when we work with Simon & Schuster, the book gets into bookstores. However, the process is longer because, you know, it's a traditional timeline. And when we go via self-publishing, then, you know, several months, five, six months are cut off. So we can get the books out much faster. Okay. And how do you determine which is the best for your authors? Usually it's the authors that already have an idea in their minds. Some of them uh, really have this dream of having their books in bookstores or walking through an airport and seeing their book there. Um, some prefer to go to market really quickly. They want to benefit from having a, a book that's their business card that would be their lead generation tool. They want to do it fast. They might have a timely subject. So, you know, talking about something that's happening now that, that will happen when the book comes out. So they really want speed. Some of them say, my target audience doesn't go to bookstores. Some of them say, my target audience goes to bookstores. And so uh, it really depends on their needs. And, uh, you know, when we're asked, when we're asked for recommendations and feedback, then we, you know, first want to understand what the goal is. And then depending on that, recommend what to do. And what's the benefit of writing a book outside of having, obviously, other people read whatever it is that somebody's writing? But from a business perspective, like why are your authors coming to you with an idea or the manuscript and what's their goal? Everybody has their own why, but the main reasons why people want a book is for lead generation purposes, lead conversion to build their authority, credibility, increase their visibility. So to go a little bit deeper in on this, lead generation. When you have a book that's well positioned on Amazon, when people look for an answer to their questions, whatever is bothering them, they will start typing this in Google or maybe in Amazon. Uh, but even if they do that in any search engine, an Amazon result will pop up on top. And if people are looking for answers on Amazon, their credit card is already hooked up to the system. So if you're providing answers, you know, they're ready to buy. So you're getting a whole new slice of a potential audience that you didn't have access to before your book was out. Then there's lead conversion. So when somebody gets your book and they read it and then they come to a sales call, you know, the call is completely different than with a cold uh, prospect that's never read anything of yours. So they're no longer asking generic questions like, who are you? What do you do? How can you get help me? 
If they read your book, they know all that. It seems like there's a lot of uses and ways that you can build your audience and really develop leads because they have your framework or your information and they have a sense of who you are and your personality just from one thing. Yeah, it's fantastic, you know, because when you're writing a book, even if it's ghostwritten, people have access to your thought, you know, they're almost inside your mind. It's a very, um, it's a scalable way of having an almost intimate relationship with people. When somebody reads your book, they feel like they know you, but you're not going to know them so well, but they will know you. And uh, if you're looking to uh, build your business, then, you know, that's a great way for people to uh, have that feeling. It's like when you uh, think about your favorite actors, right? you mm-hmm. feel like you know them because you watch the movies. Right, right. <laughs> so this is, you know, much uh, more accessible way of uh, achieving that with the people that you want to be a hero to. Right. Absolutely. I want to switch um, gears a little bit too, because I'm really curious about your journey as an entrepreneur and what was the catalyst for you starting your business? What have been some of the challenges you've experienced? Let's go down that path a little bit. I come from the corporate world. So uh, I studied business, went to the business school, and then worked in multinational corporations in various positions, climbing the corporate ladder. And then at a certain point, I just felt like, you know, I'm in this cage where I'm not really responsible for too much, for this tiny slice of, of everything. And I just felt like, you know, is this all there is? Uh, and, and that that was that was it. I, I just I was feeling like there has to be more to life. There has to be more to, you know, expressing myself, feeling and some sort of satisfaction. And I mean, I, I felt caged, you know, but it was a very comfortable life. <laughs> so I, I had to show up, and you might say, but I was very well paid for that. And that's made it really difficult to leave. But at a certain point, I just realized that uh, part of me is dying every day. This is not what I want to do. I started writing a book, sort of as a, I think, therapy a little bit. And uh, then when I learned about self-publishing, that was in 2010, I said, oh, you can just publish a book. You don't need anybody's approval. You don't need to, you know, find an aid. And then wait two and a half years for them to find a publisher and publish it. And you don't even know if that's going to happen. I, I'm doing it. I'm self-publishing this book. So I did that very quickly. The book brought me more in royalties than my corporate salary. I was lucky for sure. I never tell people this like on sales calls because I don't think uh, it's a good uh, uh, expectation to set because you shouldn't be expecting that. Uh, but it happened for me and it got me really excited about the possibilities. So then I thought, I don't need to corporate guys. And uh, I managed to negotiate a golden parachute. So um, they paid me like a year and a half of salary for me to leave. <laughs> so I left. And I had this very comfortable margin to live on. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to travel for a year. And and then I, my intention was to go back to the perfect world. Because, you know, a gap girl looks cool on the CV. I always had the perfect CV and have any gaps, nothing. And then I said, you know, I'm just going to gap here still looks cool. But, you know, once I tasted that freedom, <laughs> I never had like desire to go back. And I just had to really figure out what I wanted to do because it wasn't a you know, straight 
forward path to where I am now. I, I needed to see what I'm really good at, where my passion is. And there was some ups and downs and zigzags. I finally created Leaders Press where uh, I packaged in, um, you know, these elegant packages, what we can do for entrepreneurs. Because before I was doing like custom thing, helping people, everything custom, one woman show. And then I put together Leaders Press. I got my first team member and then the second and organically we grew and now we're like 30 and we're running a successful business, which is pretty structured, but I had to get there. (laughs) What was it like for you taking the gap year and traveling? Were you like, at what point did you decide that, oh, I'm not going to go back to corporate? Like, oh, I have other opportunities in front of me besides doing the job thing? Yeah, so I quit two things at the time. I quit my corporate job and I also quit my relationship that I was in. (laughs) So, you know, they quit their relationship. Uh, The main reason was that uh, we weren't, there was no talk about family. Like I couldn't even bring up the subject. Uh, So there's just no desire on his part to to have that. So I thought, you know, I remember it was, feeling the, like the, the clock tick and I thought I'm wasting my time. And so I left, traveled. It's really, it's much easier to, to leave the environment <laughs> and, you know, and welcome the new and let go of the old if you just change your surroundings. Um, so I wasn't going to jump into a new relationship uh, right away. I wanted to see what's out there. But really quickly, I, um, I went on a cruise from New Zealand to Australia. And people said, no, I don't go to Australia to cruise. You take a backpack and, you know, sleep with the cockroaches. That's not what they were saying, but that's what I found out. <laughs> the one time that I decided to stay at a hostel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I decided to go do the cruise. And um, I met a very handsome sailor. <laughs> and then you know, we, we got married. Uh, the year after, so about about a year after we met, and uh, you know, during that year, I realized that I don't think I'm going to go back to corporate. Also, because he works on cruise ships, and you know, the life we were having then was I was basically staying on board for like four or five months at a time. Uh, yeah, now we have a family, kids go to school. I don't do that anymore. But at the time, I was very, you know geographically free i still am like um, i can you know we can be chef could be doing this and i could be doing everything else from you know anywhere in the world i just need a an internet connection at the time i realized i could never really have a life with this guy if i had to you know go to the office every morning how would you know what would that look like I mean, that was my perception at the time. So I thought, you know, it's just not compatible. <laughs> uh, you know, office, office work, nine to five is not compatible with uh, what I was living and what my desire was to keep living that life. And now, uh, you know, now things have changed a little bit. It's, you know, 10 years later. And so I actually am happy where I am, but I also live in a beautiful place. I don't, you know, I don't live where many people live when they work in a multinational corporation. But usually when you work in a multinational corporation, you're probably commuting one hour there, one hour back, live in the suburbs somewhere, you know, and you basically don't have a life. <laughs> so this is not uh, what I've created here. And uh, it just, you know, I think you need a, 
if you feel like you're dying inside, like there's something more, there's something else, something's calling you, it's because there is. There is something calling you and there is something better and better for you. And I think you need to go out and get it. And, and if you don't, it's, you know, settling, you're settling and and it feels like dying inside. So Right, right. How do you balance running your business, raising kids? You said that, you know, you're, you live in a really beautiful place. What, how do you, how do you manage, plan, focus, find flow in your day? Because you're still, you're juggling a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <clears throat> Luckily, they're school. <laughs> you know, they, they go to school and they have all the activities. So there's that. Uh, there's help. Like they have grandparents who help out. There are babysitters who, who come and help out. And their dad is three months at home, three months on board. So when he's here, he does everything, everything to do with the house and with the kids. So I really can focus on the business and what I want to do. But then what, I always say that we're like 50-50, you know, 50-50 parent, parental responsibility. When he's away, I have to do everything. And like when, when he's here, he does everything. Now he's here, but he's going to be away in a couple of days when you're release this but so it's always very you know yeah on and off it's just the shock of the system whenever he leaves but i always manage and i guess i realize you know in a couple of years they're gonna be out of here they're gonna grow up so you know even if there's like screaming and drama focus on the good parts and just realize that time flies and you only get one shot at this for kid. <laughs> so you probably want to sort of become a little bit sad and, and, and enjoy it. I remember when they were little, people would say, oh, how cute, how cute, enjoy them. And I was just so tired. I wanted to sleep. You're not a new mom, sir. It's walking zombies. <laughs> and, uh, and they were saying, oh, enjoy, go so fast. And I just want to kill all those people who tell you that. But now I look at newborns and I'm like, oh, yeah, how cute. I want to tell them that. I don't tell them that because I remember my reaction. Uh, but it just reminds me that, you know, time does fly. So you just, you know, what's what's going to be more important? Like what you leave your kids with or, you know, that you're going to make those a uh, couple extra dollars <laughs> because of the time you spent here or there. So you want to maximize, but it's just always a bit of a juggling act. But then on the other hand, I think it's better to have this juggling act that's not, I mean, it's not going to kill you, but yeah, a challenge. But that's, that's much better than, you know, being bored and miserable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd rather be challenged than, I guess, just playing safe, playing it safe and kind of living in mediocrity. So. Mm, yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Um, I'm curious too, because earlier you said, like your work day is fairly structured because you've got so much going on. When you started your business, were you less structured? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you know, when you get started, you're wearing all the hats. So, you know, you're uh, trying to develop a service or the product and you're trying to sell it and market it and develop the website and book the meeting. So you're you're the founder, you're the marketing person, you're the salesperson, you're the IT person, uh, you're your assistant as well, right? If you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So you're all these things. I did the first website for my for my site. Uh, so I would like, I remember I would like wake up at four in the morning and I, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. I can't, okay, well, I'm just going to sit down and then finish doing the stuff and 
troubleshoot all these problems and talk to support. Like now when I need something done, I have no idea how to even log into my website. I, I have people who do that. So I say, hey, I need this fixed. I need this done. I need this created. And, and, and it gets created. So it's a completely different role. Like my role has evolved so much in the last five years. I have grown so much. So what I'm doing right now, like I used to do everything. So I used to be like the, you know, when you go to the um, walk down the street and you see this one person band, one person yeah. show is the guy playing on everything and singing and dancing. Yeah. I used to be that. And now I feel like I'm the conductor of the orchestra. So I have all the team and I'm just showing them the direction. I prefer this role. Yes, <laughs> as do I. What's um, What are some of the things that you've learned as you've grown your team and you've been able to delegate a lot of those responsibilities so you can focus more on running the business and conducting? Yeah, the people are key. So, you know, if you're going to be the conductor, you really need to have a good team. Sometimes you're going to make a good hire because you're lucky sometimes, but you can get more skilled at it. So it's really important to learn how to hire where to hire, and then to maintain a really good professional relationship that could potentially turn into a friendship with some of the team members. So that's, you know, that's really important. And I know that I have the top leadership positions covered, have an excellent leadership team. And then there are some positions within the company that we're looking to bring in more structure because, you know, as we're growing, everything is evolving. There are new positions that we didn't have before. There are some that we really need to uh, structure a bit more because, you know, it's it's really funny. Like you might uh, hire somebody as an assistant when you're getting started and then they grow with you. But at a certain point, they might stop growing. And then you, you, you try to find a role for them that they don't really fit in. And you have all this, all these emotions, you know, and, and so you don't want to let go of them. They've been with you forever. But then maybe there's no longer a good fit. So, you know, there's things like that going on. So every day, so every day, every day, it's, it's, it's funny. One day is a really small unit, but then all those days, you know, you add them up and in a year, you know, things can change completely. So, uh, you know, what I've learned is not to underestimate what you can do during a day. And try to think about the 20, 80, like where what's the 20% of the things that you can do that will bring in the 80% of the impact. And I try to focus on those, the pr- prioritizing. So, you know, I might be good at, uh, you know, sales. Okay. But I looked at the calendar today and I saw that the team has 18 sales calls today. I could never do 18 sales calls today. Like, uh... <laughs> right. So, you know, at a certain point, you need to, be able to say, okay, I am good at this, but I need to let it go. I, I need to give it to, to professionals. And I think that's a big challenge because first you let go of all the things that you're not good at, right? Like I'm um, terrible at, you know, whatever, uh, IT, uh, I'm going to, gonna, which is probably one of the first roles you, you, you look for somebody for. But then uh, as you grow and, you know, the organization becomes bigger, then you start uh, letting go of things that you actually are good at. Because, you know, you can't play the piano and be the conductor at the same time. Right. So that's something that's something that, that you do. I do enjoy this uh, evolution and yeah, excited, excited to see what I would be saying a year from now. 
I am too. And you brought up a good point too. Like you said, your team has 18 sales calls today. Like that's part of, of having a business scalable, right? Like if you were holding on just the sales yourself, then, and there's no way you could do 18 calls in a day, then it really limits the scope of your business and the people that you get to help. It's a mindset thing, you know? It was, it, uh, I had a really rough time uh, removing myself or, or getting people on board in my email provider, like my mailing list, because I built that from scratch. We have tens of thousands of subscribers, and I really struggled with giving somebody access to that. I felt like, what if they, you know, download this list and sell it or whatever? And yeah. so I had a hard time with that, but now I have people taking care of it. And it's amazing. I have people in my inbox, I have people in my LinkedIn, you know, just doing everything. And um, it's incredible. It's an incredible you know, weight has been lifted off my shoulders. So when I go to my inbox every morning, I don't know, I don't know what kind of hundreds of emails all uh, you know, in one basket that I'd have to sift through and try to understand which one needs my attention. When I open up my inbox, I already had my assistant go through it and she puts everything in neat folders, which is, you know, all the financials are here. Things you need to respond to are here. Things you just need to look at are here. So then I can go in order of priority. Okay, I'm interested in financials. I'll always need to know where we are. First folder. Second folder is things I need to respond to. So, so I look at that. And then there's all the rest, you know, that I don't, I, I just need to be aware of and I don't need to actually respond to. So like that saves a lot of my time and, and brain, uh, you know, bandwidth in the morning. That's amazing. And, but you need to open up some trust, find the right person and get over yourself to let somebody do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it can be hard to let go of stuff. Sometimes it Which feels like, it, for- yeah, do it yourself or, but you made a really great point there in the saving bandwidth, right? Like the, everything takes energy and the fewer decisions you're making on that stuff allows you to have the bandwidth to make the big decisions. Yeah. So for somebody who is just getting started in their business, what would, what advice would you give them? Or what would you like do differently in your business if you were going back 10 years? I would get some mentoring sooner. So success isn't really so difficult. You just find somebody who's already achieved what you want and ask for direction. And I think that's key. <laughs> I think that's key. At first you're going to say, oh, but it costs money. Not always. Like there are some arrangements where it doesn't. You know, I actually reached out to somebody last year, a, uh, a person who created a very famous publishing house brand and sold it for, um, it was a hundred, it was, I think, a $200 million business a year. So I wrote to this person and uh, like my thinking was, hey, you're so successful. You're sitting on all this cash. You're probably bored. And you would like to mentor somebody like me who wants to get there. That's not what I wrote to him, but that was my thinking behind it. So I basically said, do you want to chat? And, you know, just chat about publishing and growing a business. And and he said, yes. And we've been meeting regularly since last year. So like six months already, every week or two we meet. And, you know, he's not just somebody who grew a business. He's in the publishing industry. 
So just the perfect person to, to learn from. And he hasn't asked really for anything because usually, you know, things like this could cost you $12,000 a month, you know, or these things cost uh, or equity. Somebody wants equity because they're helping you to grow your business. Right. I haven't been asked for anything yet. And of course, you know, more than happy to reciprocate in whatever way. And so you build this thing. He's, obviously, I do want to reciprocate at a certain point. But right now, I don't have to give away any piece of my business or you know, be spending money that I can reinvest in the business. So you can find a mentor that will just be happy to help. Because at a certain point, people, you know, it's what we're talking about. Okay, so you've achieved this outrageous success. And now what? Now you're like, hey, I want to see if there's somebody who was like me 20 years ago and, and help them. So it's all possible. Find somebody, somebody like that right. and get them get them on board and try to, you know, get them to give you directions and, and achieve what you want. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think that's great advice. Um, what's next for you? Like, what are, what are some of your plans or goals for the next year or so? I'm very consistent. So I want to grow Leaders Press, find, uh, attract more people who want to become best-selling authors and help them grow their businesses, increase their authorities. Very focused on that. I know there are people who have like three, five, ten different businesses and ideas, and I don't do that. I'm very, very focused on the one thing and want to grow it and go deep, go deep, not wide, go deep. Okay, awesome, awesome. And for people who want to connect with you or are interested in having you take a look at their book or if that's like the right, if that's the right um, avenue for them, where can people connect with you? Best place to go to is leaderspress.com slash discover. And then you can go through a quiz. That's a one minute quiz and we'll tell you which type of book is best for you. A lead generation book, a legacy book, anthology. And you also get an audiobook, because I think you like to listen, that's entitled uh, Outsource Your Book. And there you have the 17 steps to getting your book out. And all that is at leaderspress.com slash discover. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on today. This has been such a fun conversation. For me too. Thank you, Amy. You're such a wonderful close. Oh, thank you. And for everybody who is listening, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 